Welcome to part two of our Side Hustle Success series. We are talking all about how to scale and grow a profitable side hustle. So if you haven't already, please go back and check out part one, which talks about how to get your idea off the ground and start making some money. In this episode, we're going to be playing you part two of a live masterclass that I hosted inside the membership last year. So we're going to be talking all about the juggle, balancing the full-time job with your side hustle, productivity hacks, micro-tasking, and how to stay motivated. So let's dive straight in. Okay, so the next section is all about making time. It's a really big one for side hustlers who are working full-time. In fact, it's a really big one whether you're a side hustler or you're full-time in your business. Though I know this only too well because obviously the first two years of She Mentors, I was head of digital for those three e-commerce brands. Um, I had to relaunch all three of them onto Shopify. Uh, so I was in, you know, driving revenue, managing a team, reporting directly to the CEO. And if anyone else works in e-commerce here, <laughs> e-commerce doesn't sleep. So I'd be up at weekends, checking sales. I worked Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and all of the days over Christmas every single year. High pressure job. So the only reason I'm saying this is because I know loads of you will be in the same boat as me. Um, so I had to get really creative about how I was spending my time. I worked in North Carlton, and I was actually driving to work at the start. But I realized that if I could spend 45 minutes um, working on three mentors on the commute, that would really add up to some significant time. So this added up to about seven and a half hours um, per week, which is obviously the equivalent of um, a working day or four days per month. I was really conscious about the tasks that I chose. Um, and I'm going to talk a bit about micro tasks. So things you can get done in five, 10, 15 minute blocks. It's amazing how productive you are when you have a limited amount of time to focus. So just having those 45 minutes every day was really, really important. Now, you might be thinking, I don't commute to work um, on the tram. I have a really busy schedule. Um, I go to the gym. I have kids. I just don't have time to do anything. Um, now, the truth is we do all have the same amount of time in a day. But the difference is just how we spend it. And we all spend it differently. And we all make priorities um, before the day even starts. So a good example of this is um, if you're given 45 minutes to get ready in the morning, you'll spend, likely spend like most of that time doing your hair, doing your makeup, changing up. It's 100 times. That's what I usually do. But if your partner says, hey, look, the tram's going in 10 minutes you need to get ready in 10 minutes flat you get ready in 10 minutes flat so we fill the time that we have and I think for side hustlers it's about identifying pockets of time to be really really productive so how are we spending those 17 waking hours how are we filling our time at the moment well according to the stats and this may or may not surprise you Aussie women spend more than 13 hours a week using social media. I probably spend way more than that, like if I'm being completely honest. And lots of it is just mindless, like scrolling through Instagram or following people, things like that. We spend up to 18 hours watching TV every week. The average person checks their email 15 times per day. And apparently we reread the same emails six times in a row. So I actually 
used to do this. I probably still do it a little bit. Um, but I used to wake up, reach my phone, check for my emails. And because I was in this like fog of sleep, I'd instantly forget who emailed me. And then by the time I sat down at my desk a couple of hours later, I'd have to reread all of them anyway to remember. So that's a big one, I think. There's a lot of wasted time with some of the activities that we do. Apparently hitting the snooze button <laughs> can cost us six days per year. I mean, I did this this morning. I think I snoozed for about an hour, um, which is naughty of me, but I did. So snooze button, wasted time. And we spend around five hours and 35 minutes queuing each month. So loads of wasted time. There's lots of unproductive time where we could be getting these sort of micro tasks done. Um, and I just wanted to kind of demonstrate that because we're all guilty of doing things like that and wasting time and, you know, we could be doing something. So we've identified that there is time in the day, there's pockets of time, um, but often we feel overwhelmed at the sort of sheer scale of our to-do lists um, and we procrastinate a lot. Um, I, I do this. <laughs> and often the question that I always get asked when managing teams and also just in my day-to-day -day is um, what should I focus on first? So you've got all of these things that you know you need to get done. What should you focus on first? So remember at the start when we spoke about doing like the bare minimum to get your idea off the ground? Well, I recommend choosing one communication channel and one sales channel to leverage your business. And this is just at the start. So as you know, I chose meetup.com as my communication channel. They already had that built-in network. They were already promoting my events. And I chose Eventbrite as my sales channel because it was easy. So I wasn't on Instagram. I wasn't doing Facebook at the beginning. It was literally Eventbrite and Meetup. So if you're a consultant um, doing business-to-business -business services, um, you could, you know, use LinkedIn as your communication channel because that's where your audience is. Uh, build up your personal brand, create loads of content, share photos of you and your team, interesting articles, but your sales channel, somewhere where you sell your product or service, might be on like freelancer.com or Upwork, somewhere where people can click through and buy products. Same with if you're selling a product or service, you could use eBay, you could use Etsy. Um, if you're an influencer selling beauty products, your communication channel might be YouTube because that's a fantastic way to get your face out there. But your sales channel might be eBay because that's a really easy way to sell. So the point here is that you can't be everywhere. So choose wisely, do your research and tap into ready-made platforms that will save you time and money. Um, and don't just create an Instagram page <laughs> for the sake of it or because everybody else is doing that. Think about where your audience is and about the best possible use of your time. So once you have your channels established, now is the stand time to start working actively on your business um, and this is where micro tasks come in and I love a micro task so Trello is um, an online list making app uh, it has a desktop and a mobile app um, anyone that knows me like um, <laughs> Amelia will be like yeah she's obsessed with Trello because I am um, because it's just so easy like I used to be a write all of my to-do list down you know and then cross things out this is so much easier because it's all online. You can, and I'll show you how that works. But I use Trello for all of my to-do lists, managing teams, organizing workflows, logging technical bugs. It's literally been a bit of a lifesaver for me. Um, and it's really versatile, so I highly recommend it. 
Um, so let's have a kind of closer look at how I use Trello to organize um, events into micro tasks. So as you can see here, um, an event has lots of moving parts. So to help me battle the overwhelm of organizing an event, um, I would break it down to micro tasks. So this is just an example and you can apply it to your own businesses, but I'd have an event to-do list on the left. This is like the master list, all the things that go into creating an event. Then I have my to-do list in the middle. And I typically have two to three items on this list, no more because it gets overwhelming. And remember, I'm typically doing these en route to work. And then the done list, which is over on the right-hand side. So I can move these cards around. I can make notes inside them. I can color code them. I can add due dates. They can be um, as detailed as you like. Um, and I usually put the most important cards right at the top and I highlight them in red. Um, and what you'll notice is that all of these tasks can be done in about five to 10 minutes. And that's what microtasking is. But added together, all of these tasks is quite a bit of work. So you can also use this system for breaking down projects with your teams. As I mentioned, planning content. So if you've got a huge content piece that you need to write, you could be like, right, I'm going to write the introduction in these 10 minutes. I'm going to do the body copy in these 15 minutes. Or just outline your article, for example. Um, list emails you need to respond to. If you're thinking, sitting here thinking, that's great, but I have so many tasks and I'm not quite sure how to prioritize which I should do first, because I'm sure there's, there's lots of times where you struggle with that. Like They all seem really important. I'm governed by two things when prioritizing what to do. Time sensitivity and the big picture. So I asked myself, what is the most important thing that I need to do today? Not this month, not this year. Like, what is it right now today that I have to get done? So I scan through that list on Trello and I pull out anything that has a deadline. So things that like order alcohol for events, publish the event details on meetup.com, deliver wine glasses to the venue, all things that are non-negotiable, like they have to happen. Um, I highlight those in red to remind me not to ignore them. Um, and these are the most important things that I need to do. The second thing I look at is, will it make a significant difference to my business? So this is the big picture stuff. What will happen if I don't do the task? Will I lose revenue? Will I lose customers? You know, all too often we get really bogged down into thinking, shit, like I was supposed to post on Instagram and, and I didn't and I need to do that or um, I need to clear my inbox before I get going for the day. So often we put off the big scary projects because they're overwhelming. Um, but if you actually break things down into micro tasks, like every single thing is micro tasks, um, you find yourself moving closer to your goals without even really knowing it. it just doesn't feel as much. Um, so it's important to keep things in perspective when you're side hustling because we can't do everything. So you need to focus on the tasks that will significantly drive your business forward. So that's a big one. And the final thing to say here is that sometimes, or often actually, the biggest waste of time is when you're trying to do things yourself. So all side hustlers are guilty of this, me included. Like we'll try and um, build our website ourselves do our own logo, spend hours on Photoshop um, cropping or editing or even researching like how to crop an image. It ends up being 
much more costly because you could actually spend a whole day trying to figure out something yourself that an expert could do in like 10 minutes flat. So don't be afraid to spend money to get things done faster, particularly when it's not in your skill set. So side hustling is all about working smart, um, not necessarily trying to bootstrap every penny and do everything yourself. Um, So remember to value your time. Put a price on it. It will help you figure out what to outsource. So it's a really, really important one. Okay, so as we're talking about black holes and feelings of frustration, um, because often those things are complete black holes, you'll just lose days, days in your week trying to do things that you're not actually, you know, capable of doing necessarily. So it makes sense here to talk a little bit about staying motivated. Um, so generally speaking, we all have the highs and lows that we go through. Some days I leap out of bed and I've got loads of energy and I smash through all my tasks. Other, t- other days I just like can't, like I just don't know where to move forward or how to sort of progress. So lots of the time we feel like this because we're spending time struggling um, and doing things we're not competent in or we're feeling overwhelmed. So a few things I do to stay motivated. Um, love a podcast. I'm sure lots of you guys love podcasts as well. Um, so, you know, all that wasted time spent in queues. I always, always, always have a podcast ready to go um, for when I'm, you know, need something to fill that dead space, that dead time to upskill. Uh, some of my favorites, I can send these around in an email after to you guys, but um, Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy, uh, Smart Passive Income by Pat Flynn, Found a Podcast, that's an Australian one that's really, really good, Control Alt Delete. There's quite a few here, so I, I will. I'll send them around so you don't have to keep scribbling. Um, and stop, collaborate, and listen. That's a really, really good one. Good one for marketing. The other thing, I attend loads of net events so that I can build up my network. So not just the She Mentors events, um, but lots of different meetups, workshops in the cities. Um, I go for coffees with people because then I realize that the more I extend my network, and practice meeting people, being comfortable talking about myself, um, the more motivated I felt. It's really good to be inspired by other people with lots of energy. Um, and luckily, I have the awesome She Mentors Network, so all of you to tap into, which has honestly been so, so amazing for my motivation. I stopped comparing myself. Is anyone guilty of doing this? Put a yes in the chat if you are. Um, this, <laughs> I've got a little hand from Amelia. Um, this is a big one for me because I would see Instagram videos about um, how someone's made like $200,000 in like two hours. Um, and for some reason, it would just make me feel like I wasn't making any progress. <laughs> I'm saying all the yeses coming in. Literally, like everyone's like so much yes, a million times yes. Um, and it made me feel like I was, my progress was slow and I wasn't really making any progress. When in actual fact, I was. I was making great progress but it was slow and that's okay because that is the nature of business. So I started um, unfollowing people who were like pushy or fake um, because I feel far more motivated when I'm following the stories of other women in business um, who, you know, are are kind of experiencing the same struggles as me. Um, So yeah, so I started, stop comparing. Um, And there's nothing wrong with just unfollowing people like that. That's totally fine. So do it. I had to get into a really positive mindset um, and change the way I was thinking about a lot of things as well. So first up, banishing imposter syndrome. 
Um, I know that lots of us have had this. Um, we had an amazing chat, a uh, meet-up with Lucy Allen. I think Lucy's actually here because I just spotted her name last October on imposter syndrome. And it was such a help because I think we all go through that negative self-talk. And what I was doing was that uh, I was being really critical about myself getting up on stage. So whenever I saw footage of me on stage, I'd be like, oh, like I'm so, I'm not articulate or I'm so nervous, everyone could tell. Um, you don't really know what you're doing. Why are you going up on stage and hosting events? Like, that's not your skill set. Um, and I kept saying all these things to myself, even things like, oh, your voice is so annoying. And do you know what? Like, I wouldn't say these things to anyone else. I wouldn't say them to my best friend. So why was I saying them to myself? So I had to really change that. Um, and it was interesting because um, I could see how critical I was being of myself. So I'm actively practicing how to overcome imposter syndrome. Um, but mindset is such a big one when you're doing any kind of business or side hustle. Um, I've started getting into the habit of celebrating the small things. So every tiny victory. We do this a lot in the She Mentors Members Club. So at the end of the month, um, we try and get everyone to celebrate all the wins, big and small. Um, because it's important to remember how far we've actually come. Because I bet there was a time where you were like super excited um, when you landed the job that you're in right now. Or you thought, God, I really want my own business. Um, and now you've got your own business, but often you just forget to celebrate and forget to give yourself a pat on the back. Um, so that's a really important one. So successful entrepreneurs know how to motivate themselves, even when the going gets tough. So this is different for everybody. Those are just some of my tips and strategies really for staying motivated. Um, if you've got any, I'd love to hear them. You can either drop them in the comments or you can um, stick around afterwards and let me know because there's so many things that we all go through together that we can um, benefit from as well. So I am going to wrap up there in terms of the story. I'd love to invite questions via the live chat if any of you have are curious about certain things that I discussed and you want to have any questions, you are more than welcome to. Maria, how did you go about telling your employers about your side hustle to begin with? Okay, the first year I hid it from my employer um, completely. Um, I don't know why I did that, but I just um, didn't feel comfortable talking about my side hustle. I felt a bit awkward about it. Plus, it was only very new. Like I actually started my side hustle and um, my job there at exactly the same time. But what I did is I incorporated it slowly. So I sort of started sowing the seed. Um, and I started to talk about events to my manager and sort of mentioned that I was running this sort of um, community for women in business. And um, Andrea was my manager. She's, she's a woman, so she loved it. Um, my boss didn't take, take it very well when I asked to drop down to four days a week until I said it would save him money. And then he was like, oh, yeah. So I'd probably say... It's a good idea to tell your employer that you have a side hustle. It's common now. You know, lots of people have them. Lots of people respect the fact that you have, you know, other things going on in your life, in your business. So it's really, really important to let people be aware of that. Plus, it brings a whole new skill set to your business. Um, so definitely do tell your company, but just tell them in a, a conversational way to begin with. Gauge their reaction, see, what, see what's happening with it. How did you get your collab with Country Road? Thanks, Danny. So Country Road actually contacted me because I think someone had put me forward. So the campaign was called We Nurture. 
and they were looking for women who nurtured other women. Um, and I think through the events, my name had been banded about somewhere. And it came up a couple of times and they actually contacted me to see if I'd be interested in joining. Um, so that was just pure luck, to be honest. I didn't reach out to them. And actually probably would never have reached out to them thinking that they wouldn't have um, wanted to feature me. <laughs> so that was just luck. How long did it take, take for you to come up with a name? Um, so it took me probably a few hours, I reckon. Um, so I started thinking about all of the things that I wanted to deliver through the events and what my unique selling point was and what I wanted to do. And mentoring was always very important to me throughout my business and career. Um, I'd always been a massive advocate of like sharing knowledge and I'd always mentored the younger women that I'd worked with as well. Um, so what I actually did was start brainstorming just loads of keywords. So you can do like a keyword cluster, like put everything up on post-it notes. And then I started just putting together words that might work. Um, and I also did some checks. I registered the domain shemantors.com, shemantors.com.au. Um, and I did lots of research before landing on that name to make sure it wasn't being used by someone else. So yeah, so cluster lots of words that are relevant to you and your brand. And then just, yeah, do some do some pairing up. So Kathy, what's your process to reach out for speakers once you pick a topic? So I stalk them on LinkedIn. So basically I'll go into the search bar and if the topic is on negotiation, I'll start typing in negotiating and I'll filter by the people here in Melbourne and see what comes up. And then I literally just go through their profiles and start looking at um, whether they've been a keynote speaker before, what their credentials are. Um, as I mentioned, like I really try and make sure that I get the best of the best speakers to come speak at the events, but not just the corporate speakers. Like I want people who are warm and friendly. Um, so if I didn't think that they had the attributes for she mentors, I wouldn't book them, even if they were the best of the best. Like I don't want anyone that's cold and not relatable. So yeah, so it's LinkedIn always. Um, then I'll send them a message on LinkedIn and talk about She Mentors and what we're trying to achieve and about giving back. Then we'll organize to go for a coffee. Um, and I'm kind of like, you know, thinking in my head, these, is this the kind of woman that we could learn from and feels like they want to give back and they're genuine? And then if they are, I'll ask them if they'll speak at an event, lock in some potential dates, and then we go from there. Um, but often I don't get people replying to me. Um, so I've had a good success rate in a way, but I've also had lots of people that just never reply. So um, I tend to try and get maybe four or five people in that topic, go for them. Hope that answers your question, Kathy. Lucy, thank you. Oh, that's nice. Some nice feedback. Do you have any stats on the take-up of the mentor hour? That's from Kathy. So that's about in the members club, how many people are using the mentor hour. So that's actually becoming much more popular as time is going on. So the mentor hour is really the main point of the whole members club. It's what makes us different from all of the competitors and members clubs out there. Um, so I don't have percentages for you off the top of my head, but I do know that every single month we're getting loads and loads more requests for the mentor hour. And that's actually one of my key focuses this year is making it um, really apparent who and how we can use the mentor hour to help each other. What's the best Instagram analytics platform? Instagram is okay for basics and not in-depth data. So I agree. It's not fantastic. It's a good starting point. I use Schedulegram, so the three e-com brands I was managing before. 
24. They have OK Analytics. I use Planoli to schedule all of my Instagram. OK Analytics. Um, what I actually do, though, to track Instagram, and this is important, is that, you know, in your Instagram bio, you know, you have your the, the one chance to link. So I use Linktree to put lots of different links to different parts of my website. That's not unusual, but I use trackable links there. So every link is tracked through Google Analytics. So I know exactly which links are converting. If you need any more information on that, I can send you um, some details on how to do those trackable links. Um, because actually that's what I'm seeing. It's For me, Instagram Analytics is about what's actually generating sales. So when people are clicking on the bio and they're clicking through, if they're not trackable links, you'll never know if they're generating sales for you. Um, so I can go into more detail on that separately in an email to you or to, to the group afterwards, that's fine. Okay, I don't think there's any more questions. So I'm going to wrap it up there um, and I hope you enjoyed it. Sending lots of love to you lovely ladies and I will catch you all soon. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that live recording of our Side Hustle Success webinar. You can tell it was a live recording. Uh, there was a bit of sound interference and, you know, Wi-Fi dropping in and out and all of those good things when you're recording live. So I hope, you know, you got enough of the content and some actionable tips that you can implement in your own business. That being said, would love to know your key take home from this episode. So take a screenshot of the episode, tag me on Instagram at SheMentors or send me a DM. I love hearing from you. And of course, if you want to join our amazing community, we would absolutely love to have you. Jump over to shementors.com.au. All right, catch you next time. Bye.